Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Hey, Valentina. Hey, Paula. And hello, everybody. And welcome to another episode of Pretty Mental. Today, we had the incredible, on-fire opportunity to sit down with Danny Dillard, known as Danny Wild on Instagram. And wow, what a powerful conversation this was. That was such a powerful, this is what happens. Okay, whenever we have these powerful conversations, my heart and my cells are just about to leave my body. Valentina has to go for like a 5K run. (laughs) I literally do. They fill me up to the 10th degree. Oh, this conversation was so amazing. We, this is the first conversation that we have gotten this spiritual on. So, and, and spirituality is such a big component of my life of Paula's life. It's something that we haven't entirely shared super honestly on this podcast. So I would say, I don't know where you guys are on your journey of spirituality, but keep an open mind with this. And also let us know what you think. This is a new flavor to approaching our mental health talks Mm -hmm. um, that we're super excited to share. We talked about the Akashic records that Paula and I are still learning about. We talked about embodying our own sexuality, anxiety, tapping into trust and a strong sense of self to, to heal anxiety. And just basically Danny took us through the wild ride and, and her mindset around tapping into her truth in a really powerful way that eventually has made a huge difference in helping her find her balance and mental health in this world. So this is such a cool conversation because Danny actually used to work. We, how we met was a, and you'll hear about this later on in the podcast, but we worked together in super corporate situation. And then Danny up and left that to really, she left everything to follow her truth. So this is a beautiful, beautiful conversation for anyone who is looking to maybe do the same thing or just get closer to themselves. Or if you hear that little voice inside of you telling you that something's gotta change, I invite you to open yourself up entirely to this episode and see what beautiful messages are coming through. You're hearing this for a reason. Exactly. And with that pretty mental family, take in a deep breath with us. And tune in. So it is December 23rd, 2020 at 12.08 p.m. PST. We are opening up a portal. We are calling our spirit guides, our angels, our ancestors, our tribe. We are opening ourselves up for the highest level of healing for us, for our community, for whoever hears these messages. We are open vessels for whatever messages are asking to come through for our highest expansion, alignment, joy, happiness, abundance, playfulness, and for everyone who hears these messages. We are open, we are aligned, we are guided. 
we are receiving, we are disseminating, we are here. The portal is open. Wow, that's some fire, Val. <laughs> Danny Wild. <laughs> I'm just feeling it like it feels like a hug coming through my crown chakra. It feels like soft warmth just sliding down my vessel. And I'm like, wow, these sisters have created an incredible portal and strengthened it, developed it through tuning in. And like I'm entering this incredible portal that you two have created and I am feeling it, girls. I'm wow. feeling it. Yeah. Amazing. I'm feeling it too. Them. Welcome. I'm buzzy. Fire. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, so we would love to start out, Danny, with you introducing yourself to our community. Pretty mental community. It is my highest honor to connect with you today. I'm imagining us all sitting in a room. It's dark, it's candlelight, and we're getting to really drop in together. I love intimacy. So imagining being with you in the physical bridges, bridges this intimacy feeling. And um, I'm so grateful to be here. Would y'all like me to flow into a little bit of who I am? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I love that. Perfect, perfect. Well, I'm Danny. I'm Danny Wild. That's my Instagram handle, and it feels like a name, a vibration, a channel of me that I have grown into, especially these last five years of you know being on the more conscious awakening journey, walking through that portal and committing to this wild life and really knowing who I am and who I'm meant to be and what I'm meant to do with this breath, with this body under this soul contract as Danny Dillard in this life. And I'm an energy worker. I'm a Reiki master, yoga teacher. I'm a multidimensional channel. I focus a lot of my work in the Akashic records, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about what that is but it's basically the truth of your soul. My work is very spiritual, but it's also very human. I mean, I've got tattooed down my spine, let the human have the experience. And through the course of my life, that's been everything of let the human have the experience of genital herpes. Let the human have the experience of falling in love and letting that love go because my truth is calling me elsewhere. That is letting the human have the experience of traveling around the U.S. and international travel solo, just meeting myself on wild sand beaches in Costa Rica, meeting myself walking through Amsterdam, just solo, journeying, listening to music. And this has been such a journey of coming into my unique energetic soul mastery, which I believe we are all here to live that, to come home to that, to activate that energetic template of truth that exists within our bodies, within our chakra systems. So sometimes telling your story can be, um, hmm, where do I go? But that I'm feeling a lot of fire with you, um, with your pretty mental community sisters. And that's kind of what's starting to come through. Mm, I have goosebumps on my face, <laughs> <laughs> to, to my toes. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said something that was super powerful is committing to a wild life. And that resonates so heavily with me and Paula, but I can speak personally because I feel like I'm currently in a phase where I'm de-domesticating myself, if that's a word, and really shedding all the layers of everything that I chose to believe in order to feel safe. And I'm realizing that the most beautiful, freeing, safe feeling is from being wild. And I would love to know what that means for you and how, how, how has that played out for you? I feel like I was asleep until maybe age 26, maybe 27. I had a big kind of breakdown moment, um, New Year's Eve in New York City, where I went into a distorted reality from uh, an abuse of MDMA. And up until that point, I was always searching for something, searching for something, just anything, life, like Do I want to be here? What is this anxiety that I live in daily? What are these invisible chains in my mind that I I can't put my hands on? They're not physical. I can't, I don't know how to, to meet them, to love them, to break through, to heal myself from this invisible sleepiness, this anxiety, this depression that was just so heavy in my being for so much of my life. And Embracing my wild has been taking off those chains and it it was programming. It was living this life that I looked around and I didn't feel truly connected to it, to the city I lived in at the time, Atlanta, to the partner that I was sharing my days with, to um, the job that I had that I found a lot of joy and creativity in, but something was always aching and something was always missing until I just let myself live my truth. And that started as something um, I explored really in my journal in 2015. I would say that entire year, maybe 2016 too, I lived on my yoga mat. I lived in the bath. I lived in my journal. I lived in books like untethered soul and the power of now And I asked a lot of hard questions. And from that point, there were a lot of different portals and access points and really powerful tools that led to my expansion of my consciousness out of these invisible boxes that I had believed were my truth, but never felt truly connected to myself and to life in. And now the wild has evolved right? For a while, it was allowing myself to experiment with psychedelics. It was allowing myself to enter plant medicine ceremonies in Costa Rica and sit with grandmother ayahuasca. It was letting my shoes get stolen in Costa Rica and letting it go and trusting they went to a good home and hiking barefoot for miles just to feel the earth beneath my feet like I never had before. It was wildly expressing myself online and finding my voice and calling those beautiful souls to a thread of authenticity that I deeply craved in this life. And it was like that or nothing. Like I didn't want to be here or I wanted to live in my truth. And I chose truth and I've been living truth. Truth is really my my highest wild, living just 
my unique truth. And for me, it doesn't feel that wild, right? Because I'm not trying to put myself in something that doesn't feel resonant anymore. It just feels like home. But to others, expressing myself online in that way may look really wild. Uh, Being open to being open in my relationship with my partner may look a little wild. Doing energy work, channeling in the Akashic Records may look really wild and weird even. But for me, it, it's wild. It's just a home and it's, it's truth. Mm. Well, the whole thing of this, this podcast, one of our, our tagline, you could call it, is normalize being human. <laughs> and it's interesting because hearing you talk about what wild is and how these things that, depending on what perspective you're looking at it from, are actually, they're just a pretty aligned aspect of being alive, which is exploring relationship, being in touch with the earth, exploring your spirituality, um, plant medicine that's been around for thousands of years. That's the first kind of, you know, psychotherapeutic medicine that humans really turn to. Mm -hmm. And that it's actually, I was listening to Jordan Peterson, who is not, it's not someone that I listen to a whole lot, but he was talking about how we have now decided in scientific um, research expresses that the most evolved part of our brain is the most advanced and the most, um, yeah, just the most advanced. And so this is the critical thinking aspect of our brain, the cortex, all of that. But we've decided that the other, the more primitive parts that are tied into our more, most basic instincts is mm. not as advanced. And he's like, what if that is actually the most advanced part? That's what's coming up for me as you're talking about this. Because what if that is, I just got goosebumps as I said that. That part is what got humanity to the point that it's at now, right? Like it helped to survive so many different undomesticated environments on this planet in a way that was aligned with the natural world. And so there is some intelligence to that aspect of our knowing, to that very instinctive, even that fight or flight response that, you know, our, our, our relationship to the sensual world, to our senses, all that, that's been with us since the beginning of human time. The newest parts are the parts that try to make sense of everything. And that we could say that that's where anxiety kind of exists. And that part can work in collaboration with the more uh, primitive parts, for lack of better words. But we, li- we do live in a society that has almost like made it a situation where we idolize the rational brain. Mm-hmm. We idolize linear thinking and we idolize essentially control, which is at the root of anxiety. And all of that has created these comfort zones that seem like we should be happier than ever. But what we're experiencing is a mental health crisis. So there is something kind of unevolved in this approach because something isn't working. Mm, I feel that it brings me it reminds me of like what Dr. Joe Dispenza talks a lot about. I love his work. He talks about survival mind versus creation mind. And a lot of us are living in survival, how to pay my bills, how to, you know, just try how to survive on Earth in society. And creation mind is where 
where you're able to let go of that a little bit and be in this higher vibrational space of your mind where you recognize yourself as a creator and a co-creator with all of existence. And for me, it feels a lot of like going back to childhood and that imagination mind and who was I as a child? How did I love to express before my conscious mind kicked in at age seven or eight? Like who was I as a child? And so much of my spirituality has been coming back to her. And her mind. Mm-hmm. That, that's it's our intuition, right? Mm-hmm. I think this goes. This is also aligned with with Taoism, which is something Valentine. We did a podcast on Taoism. I, I don't know how familiar you are with it, but so it's it's an Eastern philosophy that is all about following the flow of nature, surrendering, surrendering mm-hmm. completely, and trusting that like nature is always unfolding in the in in a higher order in a way that makes sense, like the planet earth has been here way before we were and we come in as humans and we feel disconnected from it essentially especially in these modern societies and we try to control the way that things are supposed to work out we try to control the way that we're presenting ourselves we try to show up in these very domesticated ways mm-hmm. and in that process we lose touch with our ability to trust life in our ability to kind of to release that compulsive thinking mind so that nature and our instincts and this part of our intelligence that exists beyond language can guide us. And that was there way before language was. That was there way before all these like super rational philosophical understandings of, you know, economics and all that stuff took place. So it's interesting for people that are on this journey of kind of challenging all of our conditioning in order to to find our freedom and to get back in touch with our humanity, that that's considered wild. It's it's almost looked upon by the majority of society as an act of rebellion to go back to what is actually the most natural. I feel that trust is everything. I feel like that's honestly the main thing that's happening in my work. That's what people are coming to me. They don't. They may not have that language. It feels like vibrate. The vibration is trust, and that deeply anchors the root chakra, which completely stabilizes the entire energetic field. A lot of us are living with undeveloped root chakras because we grew up in homes or even in our mother's arms as infants with a lot of fear. Uh, happening in our environments that our aura was not fully, fully developing. I speak in energetics. So our root chakra was not fully developing. And that when we have a lot of fear in our life, we can look to our root chakra. Can you explain to our listeners what the root chakra is? Yeah, absolutely. So in your body, you have these beautiful spinning wheels of energy and they govern different aspects of um, your character, your truth, your energetics. You have an energetic template that lives within you and that creates your aura, that creates your energy, the energy that you're expressing all the time throughout the world. And that aura is... um, influenced by what you eat, what you watch, what you speak about, the environments that you spend time in your whole life, your decisions. Um, Of course, there's layers of intimacy, right? Like inviting someone into your body sexually is a very intense energetic exchange, a very deep penetration of your aura. So there's different penetrations of your energy field, but basically the root is 
down in the base of the spine, the groin area. If you can, you can kind of squeeze it a little bit, like as if you're trying to not go to the bathroom. You can engage the root a few times. It's where that kundalini energy sits. That's coiled snake. And that is all about security, safety, physicality, trust, your deep physical relationship with life. And that is um, very connected to the primal aspects of your being. So when that isn't strong and developed and anchored, um, and it's maybe closed or collapsed or hiding or confused, or, you know, we're trying to live someone else's life, um, here in the physical world, that is just not our truth. Our root isn't going to develop in truth in an environment that's not our truth. So reclaiming the root chakra is coming back to the primal, is remembering the power of internal security and safety and not looking to that external to nourish that security. So for just one example, I worked in brand marketing, which was even how I met Val, Val for so long. And that was a really fun and creative job, but it wasn't my truth. And so I left a lot of things. I, my root chakra was, was dependent on like a 401k and health insurance and a steady paycheck that was a given. I left all of that to find my inner internal truth stability in my root to fully reclaim my root and then birth from truth, a, a career from truth, um, relate in my relationships with the divine masculine from an anchored truth rather than looking quietly subconsciously to them for any flavor of security. Full reclaim of the root really took me several years. And from that, you have seven main chakras, but really you have hundreds of chakras all over your body. I mean, even your feet, beneath your feet, you have an earth star chakra, which is your unique relationship to the earth and the earth's grid. And even in the bottom of your feet, all of these little chakras that help connect you and anchor you here um, on earth. You know what? That there's a, um, a tribe that Valentina and I love in the Sierra Nevada of Colombia. It's the oldest pre-Columbian civilization uh, that's still intact. They've been a little infiltrated in the in recent years, but they carry a long tradition of not wearing shoes mm. because they and they were here before any of the Europeans or anything. I mean, their technology, their spiritual technology is really advanced. And they believe that man should not, man or woman should not be separated from the earth. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. How do, it's funny because as you were talking, I was, it, I thought of asking you about when we were at Kind and you started talking about it. But for people who don't know, Danny and I met because Danny hired me. You were my manager at, <laughs> at Kind. And to anyone on the outside looking in, like we had an amazing job. We had a, with an amazing brand and amazing company, we were on track for, you know, getting to the next position and the next position and whatever success looks like in this world. And a lot of people feel, I think that they do feel in their heart when they're in these corporate jobs and these very like systemic jobs that something doesn't feel right, but they also everything they see around them and everything that they've been told is that, no, this is what you need to do. You need to stay in this job and make that money and then, you know, just keep going. And it takes some serious evaluating and some serious risk-taking to be like, you know what, this is not my truth. I don't want this. And, and to really listen to that little tiny voice that starts as little first, 
and then grows into a flame. How did you, how did that like look like for you? How did you start following your truth and knowing that that was your truth to leave? Yeah, I really enjoyed my eight years of brand marketing, working for Muscle Milk and Kind Bar and a few other different brands. But there was an emptiness that I couldn't fill in that job. I talked myself into loving that job and feeling grateful for that job. There was authentic, there was authentic gratitude there, absolutely. But there was also a talking myself into it from the outside. This is a great job. This makes sense. What else are you going to do? This is steady. And eventually that quiet whisper of like, this isn't your truth turned into a scream. And it was like, there was a rug under my life. And I just wanted to pull up the rug and just be like, fuck everything. Like, I can't do this. Like the void and the emptiness grew to a space where it was hard for me to keep feeling gratitude for where I was. And I just felt really stuck in my body and my mind. And without the, that year or two of like literally living in my journal and even living in podcasts to give me a perspective of what other people are doing, because in my circle, nobody was doing energy work. I didn't really know anybody that was spiritual in the way that I was craving. I, um, I have a background of 20 years of being an Episcopalian as I was growing up and that didn't resonate with me. But in my circle, I, I looked around and I just, the people in my life were beautiful, but I, I didn't want what I just, I didn't have an example for what I even wanted. It was completely invisible. I didn't know if it was my anxiety that was saying like, you're not grateful for your job. Like you need to figure out what's going on and just enjoy where you are and enjoy life. But it was a deep call to truth. And truth is the highest anchoring of security for your soul. And when you allow that kind of truth to bleed through your life and to bleed through your body, your life is like flow state. You're floating downstream and everything in life is happening for you. And you're not paddling upstream to make your life happen. Everything arrives. Your truth hugs you close forever, no matter what. It will always be whispering or begging or getting louder. That's your soul. That's your intuition. And that just called me to deeper roots in my energetic template, if I was to just speak in the language that I use now. But at the time, it was just like, I wish that I could find peace here. I wish that I could find what I'm looking for here because I don't really want to change my whole life, but I have to. I have to go. I have to leave the relationship. I have to leave the city. I have to leave the job. I, le I left all of my friends. I left everything that was comfortable to know what I'm made of, to know how brave I am, to know that life is worth leaping for, to know that looking back, I would never do anything different. Even if there were months where I was so afraid financially, I was so afraid of not having someone there and had left so many beautiful loves and relationships. I finally asked myself, what will it take for you to get brave? Danielle. And I realized I don't need anything else to be brave. And I took the leap and I never looked back and I can say I'm living my truth now. And it's the most wonderful gift of my life, that bravery that I took at age 26, 27 to leave everything. I feel like we have parallel lives. I'm 27. 
and this is, you know, the big leap that I came to LA. I feel like I'm, I'm in a similar stage. Even last night I was doing breath, a breathwork session. A few moments before I decided to do, I was feeling like a heavy dose of anxiety and I hadn't felt that in a while because I've been riding this very intuitive, spontaneous wave for a minute. In that session, it told me, my guides, my, you know, the universe, whatever anyone believes, but my highest truth, my, my guide, my compass was telling me it was never the money that was, you know, it was never financial stability or these things or these these physical things out in the world that was giving you that comfort. It was us. It is us. It's your guides. We are guiding you. It's always us. So continue to hand yourself over. Continue to hand yourself over to the universe. And that just feels, that feels like the most ultimate truth. And it can be really scary, but it feels so good when you're able to really surrender to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Connecting with my higher self for the first time was the purest, intimate experience that I've, I'd ever truly had with myself. I felt actually powerful. Like I knew what that meant to feel powerful and she's guided my life since. When you say connecting with your higher self, what does that mean to you? The very first time I ever did to be completely transparent was actually working uh, intentionally with LSD and I think that was 2015. And I fully recognized in that moment and every moment after that that was just a guide. And I didn't need that, but it helped me open up to pure communication with my soul because my ego was so strong. And from that, um, that was a vision of myself as the queen of, of the castle. I had been coloring this castle. Like I said, it's touched a lot of like just who I was as a child and the flow state of creation that she would drop into through just playing with Barbies or coloring. And I colored this castle and I kind of colored out of the line and I, and I was able to fully witness like my ego and my soul there. My soul was like, it's so beautiful. My ego was like, I just colored outside the lines. There was a perfectionism template that I was still so activated in that was not allowing me to get deeper into the juicy truth within. And then I went outside and saw myself as the queen of my castle and realized that I was creating everything. I was creating everything. And from there, it's been really a lot of channel writing when I connect to my higher self. So this is what started channeling for me. I empty my mind. I drop into that space of the, vo vo of the void, the space of no mind, which takes practice, especially if you take in a lot of stimulation, drink a lot of caffeine or um, have a very, very, very active mind. It can take a minute to really develop. Uh, dropping into that space of the void where your channel is just empty because we're all channels and we're all channels of the divine and the divine within and the divine without, but really the divine is in everything. So I would close my eyes. This is a practice that um, y'all can work with at home if, if you feel called. So close my eyes. I breathe into my body. I may exercise or just move or dance before if I was really active in the mind that day so I could really get into the body. And I would just breathe and I would visualize all of my chakras or just my body opening. And I would call upon higher guidance. I would call upon higher self to come through. Crystalline, clear voice of truth, come through. I am ready for you. 
I have no attachment to what is shared back to me. I come here free of pressure, expectation, and fear. I bow to truth. I come in truth. I ask for truth. I bow to truth. And I would relax my hand on the page. I'd have my pen in my journal on a blank page, but my wrist was very relaxed. I was. I knew that I could not control this experience. And if I did, it would distort the experience. It would create some kind of illusion if I was trying to control what came through. So my hand was very relaxed on the page and I would invite the divine to come through. And that can be by name. You can call upon your ancestors. You can call upon your higher self. You can call upon your Akashic masters, which are here to um, basically support your soul's journey of, of really anchoring in your true blueprint. And I would invite them to come through the body, come through my arm. And once I felt some sensation and just warmth and kind of heaviness in my writing arm, my mind would be totally clear. I would just start writing. I would have no idea what the next word is and what the next word is. And I would just be writing. And a lot of it didn't make sense at the beginning. A lot of it would be just like words. And eventually I really harnessed that practice and I could have the words come through Claire audience spoken to me. I could have them just be felt through my body and then, or come through visual. And then I would decode that visual in my journal. But basically that was just the moments of activating my channel. That's so powerful. You know, as you're speaking and, and giving our, our community these powerful tools and speaking about higher guidance and intuition and higher self i what's coming up for me is that so many people in our modern society have lost touch with spiritual knowledge and spiritual connections and so a lot of times when they hear us talking like this it's like oh woo woo you know but i so i specialize in anxiety and ocd and trauma and in my experience in my personal life and in working with clients like if we don't allow ourselves to connect with or reach out to higher spiritual guidance or find some form of spirituality the journey of recovering from anxiety i mean it's i don't know how fully you ever really get there because what you have to be able to trust in something you and the we can't trust in the physical world that concretely like our mind knows everything here is very ephemeral like it's here one day it's gone the next our, our culture moves in waves you know you may have money this month you may not have money the next month so if what you're anchoring to is just physicality and what's in front of us in this realm tapping into true trust which is essentially what we need in order to heal anxiety because anxiety is fear it's almost impossible without some kind of spiritual connection, you know, and, and to listeners, I encourage everybody to keep an open mind when it comes to that, because I can, I can speak from my experience. Like, I don't know how I would be able to kind of make it through this world without having tools and elements that allow me to tap into something beyond what I can just see in my everyday consciousness. And I think that's why psychedelics, I don't think, I know that's why psychedelics are making such a powerful comeback in the world of mental health. Um, I'm actually going to start my training next month to start doing, uh, to get on the road to psychedelic psychotherapy. But that's why they're making such a powerful comeback because they're giving people access to 
what a lot of people describe when they go through these trials and um, all the research that's going on is the most kind of the most spiritual experiences of their life and they reconnect them to something deeper. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I felt like I went through an initiation with psilocybin these last few months. Um, I've been working with psilocybin really regularly, like two or three times, just microdose level the last few months. And it's been incredible. And plant medicine work for me comes in waves where I hear the call and I meet them. And it's like, it almost feels like they just help me break through that final little like ceiling into my next level of truth, my next energetic template. And, and then I let them go and I'm in deep gratitude and bow to their guidance. And yeah, so I'm coming kind of toward the end of a beautiful wave of, of working with psilocybin really intimately these last few months. Yeah, I love psilocybin. That's a really, really powerful teacher. Uh, we've talked about it on past episodes, but I, I, it changed my life. Because we need to be able to tap into something beyond what we are just experiencing physically here. We just need to. I don't think as, as human carnal creatures whose bodies are born and then die again and are actually extremely vulnerable, like at any point or something could happen to our body and it could be gone. Like we're not going to find a sense of safety all the way in by only anchoring to this physical reality. Like it's important. And I think you can attest to this in your work because you have a very embodied practice. It's important to form a deep loving connection with this body but it's equally important to have one foot in the spirit world or you know however whatever words people feel comfortable using for that something beyond what we're experiencing here those who believe in magic will experience magic on earth in this body and there's a spectrum of belief in magic and wherever you are is perfect and is there an opening today, tomorrow, and some kind of experience for you? Opening to spirituality have, has given me such a deeper, more intimate experience with life. I'm not buzzing with anxiety through my day. I can look at my hand and like just really see all of life, like feel such appreciation for this body. I, you know, at some point in my journey, got okay with being like the weird spiritual one <laughs> right and oh i'm so proud to live that now because it's it's been everything for me that's what i think the plant medicines are bringing back and i mean we're seeing results like i'm always like one foot you know i think somebody called me a systematic shaman one time or <laughs> i have one foot in the system of mental health and one foot in this spiritual like alternative world and i'm always constantly trying to bridge those two worlds you know because i feel like i have to know what's going on over here in the system in order to like it gives me more power personally for the work that i want to do of bringing in the higher healing Absolutely. Your guys are speaking through me right now. And they had already told me you were a bridge, really. And you said bridge. And if you're open to it, uh, I feel like they have some more messages to just really see you a little ICU gift through channeling if you're open to receiving. Yeah, very okay. Wonderful. Hmm, Paula, tapping into your energy, allowing myself to be a channel, just seeing you. You hold the power. Whatever doesn't resonate, just let it roll right off. Bridging to 
truth, bridging, bridging, bridging. You are bridging a lot of ancient knowledge to planet Earth. You are a bridge of unconditional love and the work that you do. You bring this really clear, clear, clear mind. And in that clarity of your mind, your heart is wide open to your clients. You are a bridge of heaven on earth. And though you speak in mental health, you hold this pureness of love that perhaps the plants have reminded you, perhaps other experiences on life have reminded you that everything is just about love. We see you, we see you, we see your work. You are a powerful bridge. You are a powerful bridge. The clear mind will help guide you and the heart will take you everywhere you need to go. The clear mind will support the wide open heart. Your work is powerful. Your work is strong. Your heart is your own personal bridge. And when you know that your mind and heart are in resonance. Resonance is very important to you. Mind, heart, resonance. When you are not in resonance, life is confusing. And you are very in resonance. You are very on fire. You are very on path. You are very on topic. We see you. We love you. We love you. We bring this message in love. We bring this fire in love. You are a bridge of higher truth we are complete thank you how does that land for you yeah it lands very it resonates under that's how i've always felt i've always known it's important for me to have one world one foot in the system to almost (laughs) to bring in the absolutely to be that bridge. Did you resonate with, it felt like they could even go way more into like the importance of mind heart resonance for you. So just to touch on that, do you feel that in your world when your mind and heart are not in resonance with what you're doing? It just doesn't feel as alive or in truth for you. Yeah, I'm very, I have to, it has to be, it just has to be. (laughs) I I have to be aligned with what I'm doing just there's no other option for me and the clarity of mind is something that has been actually getting more and more strong for me in this past month where I'm feeling like I need to be here oh yeah definitely your third eye is moving through a period of activation right now so you will be seeing visuals visualization may be very powerful for you your third eye is in initiation right now I would say Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like suddenly a lot of things that before for me were harder, like waking up really early, working out first thing in the morning, just these very kind of uh, masculine things to get me like really kind of bringing the structure to my feminine are suddenly just happening. Mm-hmm. So much ease. Like I'm not even having to. It's just it's what I want to do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're on fire, girlfriend. I feel you. Thank you. That's amazing. Danny, I want to talk about your, your, well, Paula, if you have any more questions for, for Danny when you are with your session, your acoustic reading. No, I'm just going to take that in for now and (laughs) meditate on it. That was powerful. You, so Danny, you touched on your spirituality and your sexuality a few times in this conversation. And that's something that I've seen you be really open in your stories about that. And even in your relationship with Derek and 
it's such like a, a beautiful, sensual, primal relationship that you have to yourself and, and with Derek. I want to hear just what you have to say about that, how you got to where you are with him now. Before I met Derek, I had done a very intentional year of celibacy, and it had ended one week before I met Derek on a beach in Costa Rica in early 2019. And that year of celibacy was one of the loneliest years of my life. I felt it deeply daily, just this pit of sadness and loneliness that was usually disappeared when I was in relationship. I wouldn't say it disappeared because our body keeps score, right? Our body's holding our stories. But it activated through my intentions with myself and the co-creative universe to call in a different experience of relationship with the divine masculine. I activated all energy in my body that was keeping me from truth in the way that I related with the divine masculine. That year, I just remember sitting... Uh, I was so I was traveling around the United States doing a lot of house sitting through this amazing site called Trusted House Sitters. And I remember sitting in these like big, beautiful homes and sitting down at their like super long dining room tables. And I was just alone and I was doing my energy work and I was living life on the road and I was committing to celibacy. And I would just sit and I would feel, I would just like cry into my plate almost. There was so much loneliness inside of me. Lonely was always kind of a lover. Like Derek says that shame has been kind of a lover for him and he's always danced with shame. Loneliness for me has been like a lover in this life, just always present. And sure, it's the sentimental side of me. It's this writer side of me, this dreamer that just aches for this higher vibrational love here in my reality here on earth. And I was ready for the one. And I had no attachment to what that meant. I've never personally resonated with marriage for myself while fully honoring the choice of others and admiring it even. And I was like, okay, ayahuasca had showed me how I had subconsciously connected to men for some level of security, for connection with my yoni, for connection just with sex and that flavor of intimacy and used men for pleasure and this was all under my awareness, under the ceiling of awareness. Just I, I wasn't <clears throat> experiencing true, authentic pleasure with myself, whether that's just really gently grazing the arm and just really feeling yourself. That is so pleasurable or just even into sex. And Derek has helped that year of celibacy was very lonely, very powerful. I met Derek. I told him I had genital herpes. And I had found that genital herpes was a big kind of gatekeeper to unconscious men or men that would want to use me physically or men that also had that secret like or that subconscious need for women for some kind of safety or for validation. And Derek was not phased. By herpes. He was not afraid of getting herpes. There was no fear in his system other than jealousy, which is part of his own process of working through that, that I had shared that experience with another man and would potentially share that uh, energetic connection um, with who I received it from for the rest of my life. And 
Derek and I, in our almost two years of relationship, have spent deep periods of togetherness and deep periods of separateness, very sacred separateness in him being in Alaska, me being on the road. And I've always been drawn to the unconventional in relationship. That speaks to my soul. And so here I was opening up sexually again to somebody after a genital herpes diagnosis, after a year of celibacy, where I felt like a lot of my sacral, which is that lower, it's right above the root chakra. It's that pelvic soup bowl of really sexual, creative, joyful, emotional energy, very connected to partnership. And that had kind of gone to sleep in a lot of ways in my year of celibacy. And so re-engaging with sex with him and opening myself up again to a man in a new way, a new experience of my own yoni emerged from that. And in our periods of distance, I was feeling more drawn to connecting with her in new ways. One of my favorite ways right now to connect with her is this internal yoni massage, working with a wand. I have enjoyed working with this with Derek as well, but there's a lot of stagnant energy that can be held in this area. And so working with to get your body warm and to, I work with a black obsidian crystal wand and to once I'm kind of warm, I'm feeling really, really connected to myself. I'll work with this wand to come in and I'll find any kind of pressure. I'll kind of move it around and I'll just hold it on these pressure points internally and let waves of energy pass through me. A lot of it's just old stagnant energy. It's just, it's emotional energy. And then I'll open into these deep, deep chambers of pleasure that I've never experienced in this life on my own. And I see these visuals when I'm working with my third eye and Yoni connection that are like light that I've never imagined, like light that is like pouring through my being. It's the purest light I've ever experienced, the purest light. It's ecstasy. It's waves of ecstasy moving through. It's it's still a very physical orgasm experience, but it's like I'm opening into the spiritual through these sessions with myself of release into these portals of wild pleasure that I didn't even know was possible. Wow. And this is from self-pleasure. This is from self-pleasure. I think it's really important to honor periods, even in partnership, even when I'm living daily life with Derek, I still honor periods of just wanting to be with my own body and explore her. Because like I said, sex is such a big energetic exchange. I have been witnessing how when Derek and I engage in that way, it can take me hours to come fully back into my own energy field. And there's beautiful intimacy and there's beautiful things that arrive for us together and individually in sex together. But I still honor periods of just needing to experience my own body, my own energy field, support myself in healing, support myself in those intimacy chambers that have took me most of my life to come home to, you know? And our sexuality is such a way for us to connect with abundance, with the universe, to open ourselves up fully I know as my own relationship to my own sexuality has healed, I feel more receptive to my own 
instincts and my own gut and my own, my higher self than ever. And it's wild because so many women and men too, there's so, so much shame mm-hmm. around that. And we're not really taught to really empower ourselves with our sexuality. Our sexual, mm-hmm. our sex has been seen as this act or what it, it hasn't been, it's been so diminished. I think sex can really be, and sex with yourself, self-pleasure is such a powerful opening to operating on the highest level of your truth. And just makes sense. Absolutely. And just living a turned on life, Mm -hmm. like being, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say this, I wanted to, I, I was watching your story and I love this part. You're you're talking about this a few days ago. Someone asked was asking you about like how you and Derek turn each other on, and um, and you go, it's not Derek's job to turn me on. It doesn't even feel good to type that personally. Heavy with attachment and expectation. It's my damn job to be turned on and live a turned on life. And then we meet in the turn on. We meet each other on the bridge of already feeling charged and turned on in our days, bodies, and lives. I see relationships as a bridge a lot. And I think a lot of my life I was on the bridge because I'm like all in in relationship, right? And I'm like, hey, come on. Like this bridge is amazing. Like our love is amazing. Come stand on this bridge. And they'd like take a step on. They'd take maybe like two steps on. They'd meet me sometimes, right? I've had powerful love too, but then get afraid, shrink back, be afraid of expressing what they're really feeling, afraid of that I'd leave. They take a few step backs. Derek and I have almost always been just like in the center of the bridge, both of our stories and pasts behind us. I've never asked him to step on this bridge. He has always been there, unwavering. And we leap off together and, and live a life. We don't go back his way. We don't go back my way. We meet, we're on the bridge, and we leap off together. And I see that a little bit in sex as well, right? Like, am I turned on by my body? Am I looking into my eyes in the mirror? Like, that is such a portal there. Am I enjoying what I'm doing all day? Am I lit up? Am I, like, caressing my body? Am I connected to her? Am I looking to him to bridge connection to my body? And that can be conscious. That can be subconscious. And is he loving what he's doing? Are we having space for that polarity to breathe, for that um, individuality to breathe, which is so sexy? He does a lot of woodworking right now. And because our love is so strong, we can end up spending a lot of time together when we're not working. And we've been allowing a lot of spaciousness and honoring of our individual creative projects and living. Um, And then we're feeling even more charged and magnetized because we're just living our lives and we're loving it. We're loving our lives. And then we come together and it's incredible. So that's that's my invitation to myself is to live on that bridge and to know that I'm not anchored to anyone else to make life beautiful. Like if Derek and I's relationship, if the truth of our souls was like, this is no longer in resonance and we ended tomorrow, I would still know that life is beautiful. I would still know that I can access the highest pleasure portals in my body. I would still know that life is amazing and wonderful and, and, 
life is beautiful no matter which way I look, and I'm no longer attached or anchored to any external experience to bring that to me. Mm. Amen, sister. <laughs> when you said, yeah, when you said it's not his damn job to turn me on, <laughs> like, that's my damn job, I'm like, yes. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that in that way because men and women, our history, that was a pretty complex history here on earth between the genders. And a lot of it has been very codependent. And even sex has been about control and control. Mm -hmm. <laughs> control and, and codependency, essentially. Like, I need you to give me this pleasure, like using each other or controlling each other. And, and, and so then it just becomes very carnal, which like what I'm feeling and, and hearing talk about it and I think what Valentina and I also are discovering in our own personal evolution journeys is that as we tap into our own bodies and our own self-love, that then you can just meet your partner, like you said, on that bridge and amplify that energy together. But it's not, I need you in order to feel pleasure or I need you to make me feel safe or for the man, like I need you, I need to control you in order to keep my ego intact. Like those are relationships rooted in fear. And I think that for so much of human history, that's what men and women have been doing. And I think a lot of us are, or a lot of us are just ready to let go of that narrative because it's not working. <laughs> like it's not working. I've tried out relationships under that perspective, not happening, hasn't worked. Obviously there's something there that's not aligning with higher truth and love, which is what we're really here to do. I mean, I can only imagine if as children, we have been taught to relate to sexuality from a place of, a, this is a spiritual practice. Wow. Like how different so many of our journeys of relationship and of connecting with our bodies would have been. It's interesting. I was just journaling about this before our recording today about how December is always a big month for me to make massive decisions in my life. I've left, I was a serial monogamous basically before I took that year of celibacy and, and met Derek. Um, just relationships were flow state, flowing into them, flowing out of them, feeling complete after a year or two, like, thank you for these lessons. I'm going to take this love and go on. And I have ended a lot of relationships in December and the guides were reflecting back to me today that December, 2016, I left a relationship for the last time that I looked for security in relationship with the masculine. And I completely shifted timelines, just resonances with the direction of my life. There's like in the Akashic field, it holds the resonance of everything, every possibility, every possible direction that you could go in your life, all soul journeys, past, present, future. Um, past events, the resonance, all of that is held in the Akashic field. I like to say that the Akashic field is like the, it's like the aura of our creator and we're all living in it. And basically you have timelines and you can connect to energetic timelines and paths based on your decisions. You're always connecting to some kind of path. And in December, 2016, I finally said no to looking for some security in partnership and I committed to wild love, they said. They said I, my soul was like, I want wild love or nothing. 
I mean, in human design, I'm a single definition, which means I, a single def, so human design is an incredible system blending, just basically saying what your energetic template is in this life. And I'm a manifester with a two, four profile and I'm a single definition, which means I feel whole all on my own. So I've known that I've never needed partnership for companionship. I've always seen it as, as like bridges to awakening except for those years that I looked for security and was living in, in a sleepiness, a fog that was not my truth. And I committed to wild love over security and relationship and it changed my life forever. You were trying to find that safety and that alignment outside of yourself. And that's anxiety and fear because it's not even possible. Right. We're never going to find it there. And then Absolutely. you shift going inwards and there's an endless supply of love, connection, and safety to find there once Absolutely. you make that decision. And even in death, I am safe because I believe in magic. I believe we are spirits. And so even in the experience of death, there is an eternal part of me that lives on. I am safe even in death. Our relationship with ourselves and our spirit is key to being human I have found that the deeper I go within myself and the closer that I get to myself, and when I say myself, I mean the universe. It's one in the same. I feel so full. And just like you, Danny, my happiness, my joy, my expansion, has it doesn't depend on any kind of relationship, whether that's romantic, platonic, or familial. It doesn't depend on a job. It doesn't depend on anything. Because when I am in relation and fully committed to my spirit, to the universe, I see that we're just here to play. Mm -hmm. We are here to be open. We are here to have fun with all of the things that, that are here for us in this physical realm in this lifetime. And things like sex, things like connection, I walk into them already full. So the only possible thing that can happen when I meet another human who is just as full it's fucking fireworks. Wow. Play as a portal. I see so much play in your energy field, Val. You're, if, if you don't mind me kind of just reading the energy and maybe the channeling kind of flows in a little bit. Uh, are you open to receiving? I'm yeah. Open. I feel vibrations of play and expression and divinity in you. I see such a star seed in you. Your connection to the 3D world comes through your own embodiment. I'm not feeling that you necessarily need to go this more like academic route or this psychological route. And you're just here to play in these high vibrational experiences and express them and invite us in through your expression. And I see you as a channel as well, uh, channeling light code channeling very powerful, powerful transmissions that help us experience the play that your soul knows intimately, innately. Your soul is so high vibrational and you are a portal. Your channel is a portal for us to breathe that into our own bodies and our own lives. Ooh, I'm going to explode. Are you feeling some resonance with that one? Yes, my cells are going to jump out of my body. This is what happens to me. I get so excited that, like, I have to calm myself. Because I, I, I feel that. Yeah. I, I feel just that the answer, I feel like everything, all the happiness, all the joy, all the connection, all the expansion, all, the, all of everything, I get 
there through play. I open myself up to the universe through play. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Just to embody the light and express it. That's it. And they always say, create what you want. Create whatever you want in this life. There are no rules according to the Akashic field for how you create and how you live this life. You have a unique energetic template that you're here to live and embody and be and express and share the frequencies that are true to your soul. Like they tell me like, what do you want to do, Danielle? Like make an Oracle deck, lead a group journey, hold space for plant medicine experience. Like, what do you want to do? There are all these different portals to the energy that you bring to this world and for people to be able to connect with the activation that you provide that activates their template. So create whatever you want, just be embody the truth of your soul and you'll know your truth and you'll know where you want to go with that. 100%. Yeah. I think you already knew that that's just like confirmation to the max. Totally. Well, I feel, I, I think we've reached the end of our time, although we could probably talk to you for, for hours on end. I want to do a ceremony with you. I would love to, I know digital is just as powerful, but I would love to be in your presence. It's going to happen yeah. one day. I would love that so yeah. much. Yeah, it's been such an honor to dance with you two. You have an incredible dynamic together and I feel you guys really see each other in honor. Um, who you are and the templates that you are and just what you bring to the partnership that you have, you know, on this podcast. And it's just wonderful to be in this chamber of truth with you. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, sisters. Well, as we close up something that we ask every guest, um, what is mental health to you right now at this point in your life? It's allowing my mind to be free, to not create these false structures that I believed I needed for so long. It's letting go of the plan. It's recognizing the power of the now, this moment, and allowing this moment to be uh, of the creative mind rather than the survival mind. Allowing my dreamer to know that love is coming to earth. Love is here. Love is here now. And light is pouring in and there is an intelligent process that each of our souls are in as well as our collective all of us together we're all connected through the akashic field and to just trust mind you're beautiful you're so beautiful for so long i didn't think you were beautiful i thought i thought you were broken i thought we were bipolar i thought we were mentally ill and the truth is you're so beautiful mind you're a garden And it is my honor to walk with you and have you support our dreams in this life. You are an incredible creative support to me. Thank you. Turned into a love letter to self, to my Mm -hmm. mind. Love it. (laughs) I love that so much. And as you were talking, a message that actually has come through for me multiple times throughout this podcast, and it came through again, that I want to give to our community is that if you are experiencing depression or anxiety or whatever it is, Danny, like you said, at one point I thought, am I bipolar? Am I whatever it is? I want you to know that that is your spirit communicating with you. You are not broken. You are not broken. Things that is not a a death sentence to you. That is not a permanent state that you are just, that you have come to live in, in this lifetime, get close to you, 
get close to your spirit, open your mind up to getting close to your spirit. And the closer that you get to your spirit and the more that you invite him or her or whatever in the depression, the anxiety, all of that, it will melt. It will melt. And you're safe in your experience and you're so loved and you're not defined by anything except what you choose to be defined by in this earth existence. We are love. 100%. Well, I would say in my experience of working in the mental health field, most mental health challenges really do come from feeling unsafe, essentially, if we kind of take it down to the most basic place and feeling unloved. And then the ways in which individuals' minds respond to that can be very particular to each person. But at the very root, those are kind of the conditions that start to create that dis-ease in our mind. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, creating a, speaking a love letter to your mind of safety and affirmation is so on point for a mental health conversation. (laughs) That fear can cause such a great disconnect between our human selves and our spirit selves. And, you know, this whole journey is coming back to ourselves, coming back to ourselves. Absolutely. Wow. You two are beautiful and wise and so fun. This has been incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Annie, so powerful. Thank you for the readings. We Thank you for the reading. Thank you for sharing your energy with us. It's so amazing to see you again. Crazy. We used to work together. How many years ago? Like 10 years ago or something like that. I, I love don't know. it. And now we're and both on this journey. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone in your community that wants to reach out, I yes. love connecting. I love intimacy. I'm here for that. So reach out at any time. I love this work. I would do this for free because it's that level of truth for me. And that was one of the questions I asked myself when I was shifting my life is just, what would what do you love so much that you could talk about it all day, every day? And it's this intersection of energy work, Akashic channeling, yoga, and Reiki and writing. And I'm home. So where can everyone find you? Danny Wild 333 is my Instagram handle. I love the gram. Send me a DM and I'll send you a little love note back. And we'll add your Instagram and your website to our show notes too. So everyone can find you. Awesome. Thank you, sisters. Ah, thank you, Danny. Following your journey on IG. I'd love checking in with you on there. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Check in anytime and have a beautiful holiday week. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We love you with our whole souls. Los queremos mucho. Los queremos mucho. Be kind to yourselves out there. Be kind to yourselves and tune in on Mondays. Most Mondays. 6 a.m. EST. Until next time. Goodbye, Pretty Mental family. Peace. Catch us on Instagram if you're not following us yet because we're on there every single day in the stories. Our handle is at pretty mental official yeah follow us send us a little Mm -hmm. message we'll send you one back love you guys Bye. bye